Well, hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, and as always, I wish you a genuine good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. And on today's podcast, a topic that I was just saying to our guest off air before we hit record today, I shuddered when I looked at it. It it frightened me. It intrigued me. It opened up all sorts of thoughts as to what we were going to talk about today, which is why, as usual, I've prepared absolutely Zippo, and we'll just dive into the conversation. Um, Alicia May is our guest today. Alicia is a certified event strategist and coach, host of the Six Figure Event Podcast, and is the founder of Eventistry by Alicia and joins us today. Alicia, welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. Hello, James. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome along here. Um, and as I as I said at the top there, uh, shuddered, uh, intrigued, um, all sorts of emotions when I thought 87, surely you can't have possibly used 87 virtual event platforms and learn something from all of them. Tell us, you know, there's loads to get into today, but tell us how on earth you've reached that figure. So I started using platforms before platforms were a thing a year and a half ago. So virtual event technology, using apps at events. So I started about two and a half, three years ago using these types of even further than that um, apps. And so I just started making a little Excel sheet with all of the apps and every different client, every client had a different platform they wanted to use. (laughs) And then the pandemic hit and then everybody wanted to use again, a different platform. So here we are with my Excel spreadsheet, 87 columns later with just different apps and different technologies I've used over the past, let's say three and a half years, which is a ridiculous number, right, James? (laughs) It it is. It's a huge number because I'm absolutely certain that most people listening to this will have used multiple platforms, especially in the last 12 months. You know, I I joked that when Zoom boomed last year, you know, I'd I'd been using Zoom for five years, you know, and suddenly everybody's raving about it. Um, But to reach that sort of figure, I'm guessing, A, that that represents quite a steep learning curve to have achieved that figure in a relatively short space of of, of time. Um, But also that, you've obviously working with a lot of different clients with a lot of different requirements, a lot of different needs, criteria to fulfill, which is why you've ended up with this list. Um, let's go back in time pre-pandemic, first of all, before there was the pressure on us to use these platforms. And tell us a little bit about your story in using some of these to deliver events for clients on a virtual capacity. Absolutely. And and one of my biggest uh, clientele are event tech or technology type of conferences. So, you know, women in tech, women in cloud. And so we were always, because we are at the forefront of technology and we are at the forefront of, you know, let's use the next best thing. We were able to look at these different platforms and different apps and things like that and and really hone in on those because they were needed and required based on the industry we were in. So, um, you know, utilizing these platforms and apps, I loved them because they were nobody was using them except for event technology conferences. And so, you know, I splashed around in a few event Moby, um, you know, just a few different other ones as well. And it was always such a great tool to have because people could just open their phone and say, hey, here's the agenda. Here's what's happening next. Let's head on over. Let's make maybe do some matchmaking, networking. And it was just it was just an easy tool. Right. Um, And that's, again, a live format with an app to um, to assist. 
when you have those big conferences like Collision and things like that, right, those apps are really helpful because of floor plans and expos. Um, so, you know, that's how I started kind of digging into the app world, which, again, I really love. I love technology. I love apps. I'm, I geek out. And um, and then the pandemic hit, James, and it's like everybody's using apps. And like you said, I've been using Zoom for eight years. So um, I've always been a remote event planner, which may seem a little interesting because most people just started a year and a half ago, whereas I've had remote clients for the past eight years. It's um, eight years. When I think back to what we were all doing eight years ago, there was still a major argument going on in most of the live events industry as to whether or not we should even stream live content out of our live event for fear of not having as many people turn up at it. Um, you know, it, it's amazing to see that that conversation has been tossed wildly out the window in the last 18 months. Um, and it's not even a, a thing or a consideration anymore. And I think back to the people who were saying to me, look, you know, pe people worrying about this whole streaming thing, they're, they're really worried over nothing. They're not seeing the bigger picture here. So it, it fascinates me that people were, were, were certainly forced to see the bigger picture fairly swiftly. Absolutely. And I think I actually like that they were forced to see the bigger picture <laughs> because at the end of the day, when we were streaming and we were doing virtual events before virtual events were cool. Right. We were streaming and we were doing, you know, content based. And for a lot of coaching entrepreneur clients we have, um, we were capturing that content and then utilizing it on a, a online platform. So like a membership site or, or, or something similar course, et cetera. So um, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad I, I don't maybe I shouldn't say that out loud, but <laughs> that people are forced now to use the technology because mm. I'm a big fan. And uh, uh, going back to the, this figure of having used 87 of the platforms, you know, I, I, it would be impossible to sort of go through every single one today and just get a little bit something. But th there must be some broader and more generic lessons that that you have learned and then been able to maybe pass on oh, yes. I suppose good advice and the best practice for people. What are some of the sort of the key takeaways that you've you've um, taken from these 87 platforms? Not, um, you know, it's funny because I had a client yesterday who did a demo. I just have to preface this with this little story. She did a demo with a, with a platform and they sold her. She was like, this is the best platform. I love this. I love the look. But I have used that platform 10, 13 times. And every single one of those times it had failed miserably on the production slash technical side. Right. So, you know, one of the biggest lessons is that, yes, they can package it up in a shiny box and, and in a demo format or even just a simple video on their website. But at the end of the day, if you haven't used it before, you just don't know. And if you haven't used it multiple times, you just don't know. The first time could be great. The second time could be terrible. Um, so, you know, lessons learned. I think the biggest takeaway is that every platform has different features. They all essentially function the same, right? They all deliver that virtual experience that they want. But um, every single platform has maybe a different nuance or has a different feature or benefit or maybe the customer service is a little bit better. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, I would say for for uh, someone who's looking for a platform, you know, experience it. Try to hop on to an event to see how that event has transpired on that platform, because, again, you don't know what you don't know. Um, some platforms, uh, you know, 100% success every single time I've used them. I've used, for instance, Feedloop like 35 times. And I like Feedloop because it's easy 
Um, you can customize it. And again, the technical support slash what the key benefits and features are have always been pretty upstanding, right? I've never had a technical oops on that platform. Whereas other ones, you know, they, it's they they kind of grade low comparison to 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 some of the other ones I've used. So none of them are perfect, right, sure. Dan? Like none sure. of them are perfect. Let's just be honest here. As as an event professional, anyone who's listening, not one is going to I you know I'm going to say, wow, this is the best platform I've ever used in my whole life. It's just not happening. Um, so take it with a grain of salt. You know, know that they're not perfect, and that you know it it is they've been developed over the last year and a half based on what event professionals, clients, et cetera, the general public have been wanting. And again, it's, you know, it's not a real life in person. So make it the best you can and, and be okay with that uh, because sure. this is what the delivery is. Um, so, you know, few, few little tidbits in there, but biggest takeaway, you know, it's, they're not going to be perfect and you're not going to maybe get everything you always wanted and dreamed because one platform has something and the other platform doesn't and vice versa. And I guess that, well, there are parallels there, certainly in comparisons with, with in-person live events in that you're never going to find the perfect venue. Correct. You're never going to have the perfect lineup of conference speakers. You're never going to have every exhibitor that you want exhibiting at your exhibition. You're not going to have every band that you want on the bill at your festival, you know. So there are always compromises in events, whether they're live or virtual. Um, the, 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 I suppose the, the point I'd like to make on, and maybe ask for your opinion on is that one thing that we don't have the luxury of with in-person events necessarily is full rehearsals or being able to set up that conference or exhibition in advance and see how it runs in order to test it which we do with some of these virtual event platforms yes. do, do you think there's not enough of that that happens at the moment with organizers where they're actually willing to put some time aside and test it properly and see if it functions as it should do I mean, some, some, yes, I think that there's some clients, maybe some event professionals that have, you know, we should be testing, we should be doing rehearsals, um, and not just one, <laughs> multiple and multiple and multiple. Um, one client, we do four rehearsals, because at the end of the day, we, we want to make sure, especially if it's a new platform, I want to test the functionality, and then and everything else, every single tidbit, you know, let's let's test that to the to the fullest extent, um, because if if the production goes well four times, right, the fifth time, hopefully, right. Let's 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 be honest. Let, um, you know, technology doesn't always work in our favor. Um, so absolutely, one hundred percent, James, you should be testing the platform. You should be testing the technology. Um, you know, you not just once, right? You should be yeah. doing this multiple multiple times over the course of let's say two weeks. Um, you know, one thing I found is that we don't have all the content or the contents coming in after, you know, the last possible deadline and everybody's kind of scrambling um, because people have, you know, speakers haven't submitted their bios and portfolio. You can still do a rehearsal. You can still test the technology. You can still get on whatever StreamYard, you know, restream, whatever the case, Zoom, Teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go on and on and on, but at the end of the day, you can still be able to be a hundred percent prepared in a virtual setting and and look at you know what are the challenges that come up what are what are the you know technical issues and then actually diffuse them and then do it all over again so i'm a big big believer in doing like i said four or five six times sometimes 
Absolutely. And finding workarounds because that, you know, you may have selected a platform, you realize it can't do something that you wanted it to do, or you want to do something that's not quite compatible with the platform. And the process, in in my experience over the last 12 months, is you're continually finding workarounds, right? We can't quite get it to do that. So what's the workaround? How can we get it? You know, I I lose use the word hack loosely, but that's what we're doing. That's what I found people doing constantly is how to hack something to make it work for them. Oh, absolutely. And that's a great word. I'm going to, I'm going to take that word, James, but um, you know, one of our clients, she wanted to restream it to five different platforms while the platform didn't work. So we did a little hack where we um, streamed on StreamYard, then to Vimeo live, Mm -hmm. took that embed code and then put it into the platform, which, you know, it worked. It was a hack. Yeah, yeah. I've I've done that with with YouTube as well, out of out of Streamyard. Um, you know, because a, a lot of the sort of off the shelf website platforms now work really well with YouTube embed links. They've got that functionality built into them anyway. You can drop a link in to you know GoDaddy or Wix or anything like that, okay. and it, and it works straight away. And and then boom, you've got a live stream on your website page. Um, exactly, exactly. And that's and that's a, that's a great idea to understand that there can be a workaround. Um, if you have the right person that can guide you to that workaround or to, you know, here's how we've done it 87 other times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know that we, we sort of use the term platform, you know, uh, uh, that could suggest that it's, it's all encompassing. And anybody who's who's run a virtual event in the last 12 months or, or prior to that as well um, knows that often you've got multiple platforms integrating with each other. You've got tech stacks being built with, with you yeah. know, d- d- different things going off. What, what are your um, experiences of working with multiple platforms integration? How have you found the, the sort of spectrum to be between good and bad and what integrates well and what doesn't? I love tech stacks. I think, you know, tech stacks are quite common, especially in the coaching entrepreneur space where the virtual summit, that's the more, you know, dub term instead of the conference or live, you know, virtual event mm. where it's all pre-recorded, right? It's it's just a pre-recorded summit. And there's nothing quote unquote live. Um, so I love those tech stacks where you can integrate like Zoom, Kajabi, you know, Zapier to, to the, your mailing list and this and that. And so I, I love that because then it's just all automated. And again, you do your rehearsals, do your tech, uh, you know, do your uh, test runs. But at the end of the day, um, those ones seem to be almost even more seamless because we don't have the live component and we've already tested it. It's, or, you know, all speakers have been on video. Um, and I, in, in my in my world, it's always been such a, um, you know, 95 percent, let's say, success rate in, in the when when the virtual summit actually happens or transpires. So um, tech stacks for me, um, just make sure that, you know. Uh, when you're hiring somebody or when you're doing it yourself, again, rehearsals, testing, 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 um, or hire someone that knows how to do those tech stacks and what works well together. Listen, there's so many apps and technologies that I can't even keep up anymore. I mean, 87 is a lot, but every every time there's a new client, yeah. right? It's like, oh, there's a new platform. There's a new yeah. whatever. Realistically, the 87, you know, I, 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 you know, it is a big figure and and for for you know one agency or one organization to have used all of those and have that experience is, is a big figure but the reality is it's scratching the surface of, oh. of what is out there um and, and the sort of the, the 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 aside i suppose to what we were just talking about there about tech stacks is my experience also 
tells me that a lot of the platforms out there and a lot of the providers, they know what works well with their platform. So if oh, you've yeah. chosen platform A and you want another platform to do something else, ask that provider rather than going shopping around. Ask what works well with their platform, what integrates, what have they seen used really well. Get that experience because these tech companies have got great working relationships now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point. Um, you know, for for the virtual platforms anyway, for instance, like, you know, you have, I'm, I'm using Feedloop again, but Feedloop integrates well with Slido, right? Or integrates well with Zoom or GoToMeetings or wh whatever the case. And so they have, but they also have an open API. Um, so, you know, every platform has something that they have utilized or works well. Um, you know, when you when you integrate something like Swugo, I don't know if you've heard of Swugo, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is a whole other technical level when you you know when we integrated that with Event Mobi. So it just depends, right? Every, I think some, most things are doable, but at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a lot more work if you are going outside of the box of what they recommend. Hmm. In your experience, are there certain platforms better suited to smaller events? Certain better for medium and large size events? Um, have you found a one? platform fits all you know option for people not necessarily i know it's not the answer you want but not necessarily because every event is so different right you know if we're doing let's say um we did an event on just on friday night it was a drag show for um for confederation students but you know that that platform they wanted interaction they wanted more um just streaming production and so we utilize StreamYard to 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 YouTube and to um uh, to Facebook, whereas other platforms, you know, commerce, you know, e-commerce type of situations where there's gamification, there's you know networking, there's groups. They want different functionalities and features as well as the production. So I haven't found one that's like a necessarily one-stop you know shop mm. type of situation, but. At the end of the day, you know, I have my, let's say, five go-to platforms, right? And I always yeah. recommend them. I always say, here, here are the top five that I know are going to work regardless of, uh, you know, everything else that, that comes up. Um, and, and, you know, I mentioned Feedloop because I like Feedloop. It's a Canadian company. I'm Canadian. Um, but also because, um, you know, I know the team I've, I've worked with probably, like I said, 36, 46 events on their platform. And it, they've always been really successful. Um, so, it's, you know, other platforms have almost these little niches, if you will, right? These little kind of um, like, for instance, run the world. I love I love creating um, events on there that are like women owned because they're a women owned platform. Right. So all my women entrepreneurs, they love that. They eat it up. They're like, yes, let's use that because maybe it's just a, a four hour conference and that uh, that, you know, those features and benefits suit their needs. At the end of the day, I like to make sure that I assess each conference, event, production as 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 it comes in, and then say I know exactly what platform you need to use because eighty seven, you know, that's one of platforms. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there is there attention paid to what the attendees may be familiar with? Because I'm curious to know whether or not that's a consideration that is either underappreciated or overlooked in any way um, because depending on the demographic of your audience and the people who are going to be joining your event online it's okay selecting a platform that you know is going to work and is going to offer loads of functionality and etc cetera, etc cetera. but if that's a change to maybe what the audience are used to using and that could cause an issue with accessibility there are people sometimes better off sticking with with what they know from an audience perspective because 
they don't have to sort of retrain them or guide them through different processes? That's a great question. I love that. And yes, in certain circumstances, audience, the know-how, the, you know, what they've used to, I mean, if they're, uh, again, in the middle of the pandemic last year, we had that, um, <clears throat> we were going to use this platform and they said, well, I prefer to use something like Zoom because Zoom is more widely known. I mean, right? I use widely known. Um, and so we prefer to use Zoom to, you know, versus Wova, let's say. So yeah. yes, that has been the circumstance in, in a few situations. But now what I'm finding, right, Q4, here we are, is um, people are are saying, oh, well, you know, I we can we can utilize any any platform because people are now used to going on these different platforms. There they're used to they're used to new technology and they're going to be more open to that. Um, so, yes, last year, this time, 100 percent, we were saying, well, we need more training and we need one to one speaker and we need this and we need that. And so let's use something that like Zoom. Right. So we have a lot of Zoom events last year. Mm. Um, we also did a lot of events on Hopin because Hopin is widely known, right? A lot yeah. of a lot of companies and, and events are happening on Hopin. Today, I can't say the same thing. I think a lot of a lot of attendees are used to looking at new platforms, you know, logging in, make sure that firewall is is down, <laughs> and and, and, and yeah. really yeah. thinking about right, just utilizing new technology. Um, I do world. We do worldwide events, so we have you know eight clients in Asia Pacific, Europe, Australia. So right now we're we're kind of at this you know this um, this threshold of let let's let's do it. Let's just break the barrier and and continue on with learning new. Um, mm. But I'll say firewalls are, are, are a big thing, especially in the the, the Asia <laughs> Asia Pacific world where it's hard to use new platforms because they have they're blocked to everything. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had similar, maybe not as ex extreme circumstances, but certainly there have been instances over here in the UK where, you know, particularly local authorities, local government, you know, during the pandemic, they were really restricted, you know, that their, their, their firewalls, their IT services are, are fiercely protected. And they were really um, not just careful, but that it, it was restrictive. Oh. really in what they could and couldn't use to access you know video conferencing and things and you know most most of them just ended up on teams um yeah. at, at, <laughs> again because it was the easy option because exactly. you know people weren't willing to explore either because of time or cost into what you're doing exactly. but going back to the point that you made about people and their familiarity with these types of platforms now from a user point of view a lot of them are very similar they share similarities you know a mute button is a mute button a camera button is a camera button share screen raise hand you know instant message private chat whatever it may be there are certain features that are ubiquitous now across all of these platforms and as people have gone into different ones as you rightly point out they've become used to using them the basic right. functionality that they need to interact Exactly. Yes, absolutely. They're, you know, these are, if they're not included, James, it's like, wow, that's, that's interesting. And that's weird. And we shouldn't be using that. So like you said, camera, you know, networking, um, just meeting people one to one, I mean, in some capacity, whether it's, you know, the matchmaking, or even the advanced matchmaking with AI. So 100%. But again, you have to remember in the moment, attendees, just like in a live setting, are going to be excited. They're going to be, 
you know, they're forgetful. They're going to, oh, I forgot to unmute or I forgot to turn on the cam or, you know, I've stepped away. And so same with a live and setting, you know, oh, I'm excited. I forgot to turn on the mic. So it, it, things are going to happen anyway, you know, with these features and functionalities that could still be a challenge, whatever the case may be and whatever platform you're using, even if you're familiar with it. I've done my oops too, right? Where, oh, I'm on mute, right? I muted myself because my dog was barking but then I forgot to unmute. So it's still human nature and people are still going to do that, even if they're familiar, like you'd mentioned with a platform. So, you know, I always say like, let's give people grace. <laughs> let's give people, you know, because we're all, it's a, still, we're kind of still in the middle of pandemic anyway, here in Canada um, and I think all over the world. I don't know about Europe right now, but, um, and so functions, going back to functions and, and, and features, um, some of them are, are really coming out with like this new this new virtual reality and, and really advanced settings. I don't know if you've heard that, but mm. um, and, and those are interesting and I can't wait to explore those even further. But that's going to also cause, uh, you know, pose more problems and more, I think, uh, technical if we're yeah. if we're getting into the next realm of, of the features and functionalities of, of platforms. Well, I think one of, one of the major benefits to, to, to the whole industry, to, to not just the events industry, but to, to all industries, because all industries meet at certain points, either internally as a company or collectively as a peer-to-peer -peer network, you know, in a a, a, a a conference, a seminar, you know, pharma. I look at industries like the pharmaceutical industry, like, you know, the, the, the electronic consumer electronics um, construction you know, th these industries need to meet and they need to collaborate. And, and I guess if there's one thing that that the last 12 months has really shown, it's that, that there is clearly an exciting marketplace going forward for meeting people in a virtual capacity. They've all seen how effective just speaking to each other down a laptop can be now. Right. So imagine when we've got even more sophisticated smartphones in another five, six, 10 years time, you know, with internet connections, 5G mobile is even better. When <laughs> we've got smaller scale AI glasses and headwear wearables that we can actually use to interact with conferences. I think that if anything, the last 12 months has really shown that there's some exciting uh, times ahead. Oh, I love that. I'm I'm excited for for technology in the future. I'm excited for 5G. Uh, sorry, sorry to all the other ones who microchip and you know. <laughs> um, but I'm excited for that because at the end of the day, you know, we're we're um, we're really going to the next step and we're going to the next level. And the last, like you said, 12 months, 18 months have really pushed us outside of our box. And I can't wait to be pushed outside even more. Mm. Um. I'm conscious of the time and we're, we're, we're rattling through loads of stuff today, which is fantastic. The, the, the figure has crept to 87 thus far. How quickly does it continue to rise? Are you working on things at, at the moment where you're, you know, using new platforms? You know, how regularly do you come across new platforms? Yeah, that's a great question. The last, um, I would say, three months, we've used maybe three different platforms. So perhaps one one per month that we're coming in. And and sometimes the client has already, let's say, chosen that platform or, or picked that platform before they, they've hired us. So we have this platform. Now we need to find somebody that knows how to use it. Um, and, and whereas, you know, every day, I mean, in my inbox, this is quite, quite disastrous. But Every day in my in inbox, I get new invitations to new platforms or let's, you know, see this this new uh, platform. Please come and join, do a demo, you know, recommend us. And and sometimes I will do those. But at the end of the day, 
um, you know, if I if I'm on an event and I love the platform, I've never used it, I will go and do a demo or I will go and see if that's a possibility um, to to be part of our you know 87 list of platforms that we utilize. So to answer your question, one a month. Um, you know, there's there hasn't been too many lately that we haven't used. <laughs> sure, yeah, I'd be I'd be, be interested to see how long it takes to get to the magic three figure one hundred, um, and even more interested to know whether or not being on this podcast today helps or hinders you with the uh, <laughs> amount, with the amount of emails that you're subsequently going to get oh, yes. from 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 from, from uh, platform companies and, and and tech providers saying, hey, would you like to try this? Exactly, and you know what? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm always open to to kind of even just pinning them in my inbox and and, and looking at them a little bit later. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm in no hurry to get to 100. Let's just say that because I think with the 87 we have used, there are good, like I said, handful that we can, you know, successfully go to and say, here's our clients events. We have some sort of affiliation or, or not affiliation, but, um, uh, you know, a referral program going, which mm. is also beneficial. Um, and we know that there's going to be top-notch customer service because we're always recommending them and we're always, you know, supporting what they're doing and, and the new features that are coming out. Again, that's not to say, though, James, I'm, I'm always willing to explore new tech. Absolutely. And we should point out as well, before I start sort of wrapping up today's episode with Alicia, that um, I, I'm always uh, excited and also sort of slightly nervous when I'm joined by somebody who has rich experience of, of doing their own podcast. Um, <laughs> and, and, and of course, you are, of course, the, the host of the Six Figure Event podcast. And um, it would be rude of me not to give you a bit of an opportunity on our podcast today to to tell our own listeners a little bit about your own podcast and how they can find it. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, James. Absolutely. So you can go to um, Apple or I think Spotify now. Um, I speak, again, all things events, platforms, how to make money during your events, profitability, attendee experience, sponsorship is a big thing for us, um, and understanding what sponsors want for your next virtual hybrid experience. And sometimes we bring in sponsors to, to interview them. So I appreciate that little little plug. Not a problem at all. Yeah, yeah. Check out uh, Six Figure Six Figure Event uh, Podcast. And it does bring us nicely to the end of today's episode of our own event industry news podcast. Um, we've been joined today by Alicia May, certified event strategist and coach, host of the Six Figure Event Podcast, as we've just said, and founder of Eventistry by Alicia, speaking today on the podcast about their experiences of using 87, that's to date, 87 different <laughs> virtual event platforms. And before we uh, wrap things up fully, um, Alicia, um, tell our uh, guests uh, and our listeners how they can get in touch with you or if they want to find out a little bit more about what you guys do. Absolutely. So you can head on over to our website, eventistrybyalicia.com, which is right there. And we can also head on over to any social platforms at Eventistry by Alicia. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we're on LinkedIn as well. So hope to hope to see you somewhere in my inbox. There you go, guys. So go go and check those guys out. And of course, get in touch with the podcast as well at Event News Blog on Twitter and all of the socials is our own handle. And um, if you didn't see those links that have just popped up on screen because you are listening to today's episode of the podcast, don't forget to head over to eventindustrynews.com. You can check out all the latest news, features, supplements, and of course, video versions of all of our podcasts where you can see those links that we've just mentioned. Of course, if you're already watching this, hello to you all and thanks for tuning 
tuning in via the website today on eventindustrynews.com and do go over to your chosen podcast platform and subscribe and listen to all of the previous 250 something episodes of the event industry news podcast that we've been doing now for coming up <clears throat> six years or something like that i think um it's been great it's been great to talk to you today alicia thank you very much for thank talking you. to us Thanks. Um, it was great do come back on the show again uh, in future, maybe when you break that magic three-figure number and uh, and tell us about some of the experiences of those final 13 platforms that uh, that got you to 100. Um, and for now, it brings us nicely to the end of today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Event Industry News podcast, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye to you all. Mm-hmm.